What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Chase Thomas podcast. The Chase Thomas podcast. Um, my nephew needs me to record. See, I hate. I already hate it. I hate it. All right, we're back on a Thursday afternoon edition of the Chase Thomas podcast. I am the aforementioned Chase Thomas, and I am joined by Jeremy Lambert. Jeremy, I don't even know where you're coming from. What uh, are you? Parts unknown. Or where is Jeremy Lambert of Fightful at the moment? I'm in I'm in North Carolina where it's almost New Year, Chase. Happy mm. New Year, buddy. Thank you. Happy New Year to you, man. Um yes. are you doing anything? I know it's COVID, so asking this question this year uh <laughs> seems uh fruitless, but what are you what are you planning on doing today? I and done absolutely nothing. I've I've slept <laughs> and I'm gonna sleep some more. I'll make it to midnight, I'll say nice things to people, mm. and then I'll go back to sleep. Okay. Okay. Um, were you pre-COVID a going out person for New Year's? It depends. Like when I was married, we, mm-hmm. we would go out and we would go downtown sometimes and celebrate the New Year like that. Sometimes we'd just stay at home or have friends over. So we typically like celebrate with people in some capacity. Mm-hmm. But now that I'm single, I have no one to celebrate with and it's COVID and I'm just a, a big loser anyway. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> None of those things are true, and uh, I like you, Jeremy. And thank you. I do um, have I do have a girlfriend. She lives in a different state. Though, oh, shots so I fired! I was gonna say like you didn't even mention her with all of that. So wait, didn't yeah. you just say you were single? That, that yeah, monologue? I did say I was single. I'm single in, in my presence. My presence is single, oh, but I okay. do have a girlfriend. Again, she lives in a different state. I was so gonna say, don't I get can't. in trouble, Jeremy. Yeah, she she might be a big fan of the podcast. We don't know. I hope she doesn't listen to anything I do. She'd be a crazy person because I do too many shows and too many antics. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> Long distance. Okay, I, it, that that's tough. I will tell you that is uh, someone. It, it it's tough. Um, what part? Of North it won't Carolina be long distance in? for much. It won't be long distance for much longer. Okay, well that's good. Um, what part of North Carolina are you in? Uh, technically, like Raleigh. We'll call it Raleigh Durham area. Okay. It's just outside that, but it's close enough to it. Well, because I'm in Knoxville, and I learned this fall that Knoxville to Charlotte's not far at all. And, like, North Carolina is only a couple hours um, from Tennessee, East Tennessee. So that blew my mind of how close Tennessee is to, like, Virginia and North Carolina. And yeah, after going to North Carolina, very pro-Charlotte, very pro-North Carolina. Like, Charlotte, Charlotte is nice. Um, yeah, Knoxville's not too far. It's probably because I've I've driven to Tennessee a couple mm-hmm. or Tennessee, uh, Nashville a couple times. Um, uh, the most recent was I went there for a Taylor Swift concert a few years ago, and it's only like a six seven hour drive. And I think Knoxville's even like closer than Nashville is. Did you uh, like T-, T Swift's new album? I I like both of them. Mm-hmm. Anything she does is genius. Anything. Anything. Yeah, I like that. I mean, she's no Casey Musgraves, but she's she's solid. <laughs> wow, wow, no Casey Musgraves. Casey Musgraves is is the queen, sir. Like that, she still is like the only per- like outside of Interpol's um, "Turn on the Bright Lights" album, which I still think is the only perfect album. Like. 
Casey Musgraves album, what is it, Golden Hour? Is uh just from beginning to end, just an an absolute delight, as the kids say. I will listen to Casey Musgraves. I I've not listened to much. I feel like I've listened to just like a couple of songs. I'm not like a big country person. It, I'm not either. And it's not okay. really country. It's kind of like it's like indie country. I don't even know how to describe it. Like it's um it's it's so good. Just listen to Golden Hour from beginning to end and you're going to be like, "Oh, I get what he's saying." All right, I will do that. I'll do that. That and then on the podcast we'll review it because that's what people want to hear on a pro wrestling <laughs> podcast is Casey Musgraves um album reviews. That's what the kids are after. Sure. I mean, when when we do our podcast, it's technically a wrestling podcast. Mm-hmm. We spend more time talking about like basketball and because yeah. wrestling sucks. Really Taylor Swift music. Yeah, wrestling is is wrestling (laughs) yeah it's like our it's the dorkiest thing about me when people talk like one of the things this happens a lot when they're like oh you do a sports podcast blah 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 and they ask me what i do on different days and i'm like well on thursdays i do uh pro wrestling and they're like what and and i was like (laughs) yeah i I still absolutely love pro wrestling and they're like not UFC or anything like that, and I'm like, no, 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 no. I like my fighting fake. Like, I, I'm not a <laughs> UFC person. I'm not a boxing person. I, I like my, uh, my combat sports to be to be scripted, and uh, that is that is my deal. And, um, I don't know. It always stands out to people. They're like, oh, okay, so that's like your third. Okay, I, I don't understand how you love all these real sports, and then you can just change your brain to watch um a scripted sport. And I'm like, well, I grew up with it, and um, unfortunately. It is just programmed. Like I thought about that the other day where I don't know if you had this realization where you're like, even if I just was like, I don't want to do this anymore, I would feel guilty about not doing it anymore because I've spent so much time and it's just just baked into my DNA at this point. Yeah, that's that's pretty much how how I feel. I've felt many, many times of like, I don't want to cover this anymore. And this year has been terrible when it comes to wrestling like god awful like the on-screen stuff hasn't been the greatest the off-screen stuff has just it's been one of the worst years i can remember uh and just following the sport and now that i'm closer to the sport by by covering it and everything like nothing will hate will make you hate this sport more than if you're just like attached to it and in the bubble every single day with it like you'll just completely get fed up with it um i joke a lot and it's not always a joke they're like i i hate pro wrestling (laughs) like i i I love it when it's great otherwise like i just i just can't stand it but it's provided me with a a nice steady job and i've made a lot of really good friends and met a lot of people from it so i can't complain too much about it but there's so much of it to consume and when you're covering it like you've got to consume a vast majority of it and it doesn't leave you a lot of time to talk about anything else. And then your wrestling friends are always like, let's talk about wrestling. Let's talk about wrestling. He's like, I don't want anything to do with wrestling. I just spent 12 hours covering the thing. I don't want to talk about it anymore. Oh, I can empathize with you there, man. Like I, so the, you have this disconnect on pro wrestling. I have this like across the board with sports. So People, when they find out, like, I'm hesitant to discuss what I do with people, especially guys I meet out. Like, if I'm at a bar and someone asks me about what I do or they see me writing and taking notes, because I take notes a lot when I'm out and I'm, like, whatever I'm watching, I just have all these legal pads full of notes and I am planning out my week and all this stuff. And 
then when they see it, they're like, oh, you get to do that? And like, what do you think about blah? And I'm like, oh, fuck. Like, I, <laughs> I, I feel guilty because I genuinely don't like the podcast and my writing and like all the stuff I read and watch. I'm like that it, it's work for me. And like pro wrestling is work for you. So sports at this point is work for me. And I don't enjoy the back and forth that like every other sports fan does who like spends their day at, at a, as an accountant and they get off and they want to connect with other guys who also like sports and care about it. And they're like, Oh, what, what do you think about this starting pitcher? And I'm just like, I don't want to have this conversation. That's why like most of my best friends in my life are not like just hardcore sports fans. Like they're, they just, they're, they have different things that we have in common that I just don't want to do. And like, I don't like dating people who are really into sports. Like that is, I've tried it and it doesn't work because it's just, I want you to have something else. And I don't, I don't really want to talk about it when I get, when I'm off, you know? Right. Yeah. I, I'm not as close to the other sports like that. So I don't, I don't have that. I wish I had more friends who just like liked sports, at least again, physical. You can have all money. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. I'll come to Knoxville and I'll just take all your friends. Thank you. Um, and so I'm, I'm fine with that, but yeah, like wrestling, when people will message me about like wrestling stuff, like I'll chat wrestling all day. It's fine. But sometimes I'm just like, can we talk about literally anything else like what's going on in your life like Mm -hmm. let's talk about that what's going on with that i don't want to talk about you know what new japan is doing right now i I, let's get into some existential thought let's uh let's (laughs) let's talk about that why are we here let's go (laughs) exactly exactly this is why after especially after midnight people messing me after midnight talking about wrestling i'm like oh you're way after midnight You were so much nicer than I would be. Like, I also just, I don't, like, I'm really bad at responding to texts and DMs and stuff like that. Like, I, I always tell people, I'm like, just email me. Like, I'm really good about responding to email. I am horrible at messages on Facebook, Twitter, and text. Like, I'm just a notorious, just bad at that. And, um, emails though, love a good email response. I'm, I'm really good at that. I, that, that I am good. Cause I don't like having, stuff sitting in my queue in my email like i get anxiety when like are you a person that has if you looked at your phone right now like a thousand unread emails with the red uh marking oh because, no no i see people do that and i'm just like i i want to die i would throw my phone <laughs> away like i could not handle that no i i'm completely like i will check it immediately mm-hmm. and then if it's something to respond to, I'll try to respond immediately. Not always. And this goes for like all across the board, like DMs, text, emails. Um, but yeah, I, I usually check like as soon as I can. And then I try to respond if I want to respond as soon as I can. Sometimes I just don't have a response or don't want to respond. Yeah. Well, thank you for responding to me, Jeremy. I, I appreciate it. Yes. I'm always going to respond to opportunities. Come Ooh. on. <laughs> yeah, there you go. I, I like it. The American Dream, the Go Getter, Jeremy Lambert. That can be a pro wrestling name, the Go Getter. Um, speaking of pro wrestling, uh, Jeremy, um, we th- I want this to be because it's the end of the year. Pro wrestling is getting ready to gear up for um, a very I don't know kind of. There's no going into 2021. Like there's still so much uncertainty about when fans are coming back in when. I know AEW just had their largest pandemic crowd this week, but um, I'm thinking about 2021 and where they're going. But like a lot of these shows, I'm not really all that 
pumped up about where they're going anywhere. And I was thinking about that. I was just making a list of like who I like and all this stuff and where we're heading. And I don't know, there's not a lot of stuff that's just jumping off the page to me at the moment. And I don't know if it's because of the pandemic burnout and because of the just the lack of excitement and seeing who's over and who's not playing a role in this. But are you, when you're thinking about the year in review and like where we're headed in pro wrestling and the shows that you're going to cover next year, are you like chomping at the bit for anything at the moment? The difficult part with this now, like everything feels like it's a pandemic era. I don't know when fans are coming back. Like I'll play my TEW game and I'll just be like, all these shows are just taking place in an empty arena, right? Mm -hmm. Like that's how I feel like I'm just booking the show. I don't feel like I'm booking for for fans anymore. I feel like I'm just booking for like a television audience. Um, I'm excited. I'm always excited around Royal Rumble season. And this year there's like a lot of uncertainty of who's going to win. I have no idea who's going to win uh, with the Royal Rumble. AEW always puts out a good show and I am really excited about the new year smash shows. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they're in a, not a weird spot, but just the, they're in the spot they're in with the, the death of uh Brody Lee, unfortunately. Yeah. And I thought the tribute show was absolutely fantastic yep. last night. Like just a great job all around by, by everyone. I can't imagine how hard that was. Um, so it's been it's been a rough week, so it's been tough to me for me to be like, oh, I'm really excited about this. And next week is like killer. Like people look at the the next week lineup and they're like, oh man, so much good stuff every day. But again, this goes back to like when you're covering it and there's like three New Japan shows. Uh, AEW has a big Wednesday show. NXT has a big Wednesday show. MLW is even doing a big show, and you have the usual Raw, SmackDown, Impact. Uh, stuff and then impacts even doing like a big saturday show like next week is just such a rough rough stretch that like i'm excited for stuff on there but i'm also like i'll just be really happy when this is over (laughs) you're already dreading the amount of work and the amount of wrestling that you're gonna watch next week oh yes like i will be burned out like the first week of january like by by the time sunday hits uh a week from sunday i'll just be like all right i'm good let me take like two months off now because that that was just a lot (laughs) yeah it is uh it's a lot um i'm just i i can't wait for that first show of the crowds being back i really can't just because i'm so curious like i guess not even the first week because they're just gonna pop for everything people are just gonna pop across the board would be my guess um but i would be curious to see like a month after of like that's when we'll start to see like kind of the real uh the real reactions and the real sentiments from fans about where they stand with certain people because there's not one person i'm more interested in than drew mcintyre um and what kind of reaction he gets because i don't know if you watch raw this week um jeremy but of course i watch all these shows it sucks raw is just awful (laughs) i hate raw so much with every fiber of my being and it's so hard to get through and it's not their fault but like good god the story like the seamus keith lee drew mcintyre like the opening segment this week was just so boring and it's so cringy Seamus and Drew are just so cringy but I I feel like I think there's like a disconnect do you see this too where I just Drew McIntyre is being built Maxwell of RBR Wrestling had this really great point about this where he was like Drew McIntyre is booked the way they should have booked Roman Reigns years ago where like he's very protected they just handed him the rumble win they just let him beat brock lesnar and they just let him run roughshod through the roster and just he never lost and was just claim warring everyone and just giving him the the kind of the roman reigns thing that they just never fully pulled the trigger on years ago with him the problem is 
Reigns is showing that like he is good enough to do that because Reigns is just a an all time just great heel. And we've seen this side where it's like, oh, right, he doesn't need to talk. He can just be a badass. Like, the head of the table stuff is just incredible. And they've stumbled on this great thing that um, is going to define the company for years. Drew, on the other hand, is in that spot that Reigns was going to be in as a babyface. But he doesn't have the talent. Like, Drew is just not that good. He's not very good (laughs) on the mic. He's not, like, ever going to put – he's just not interesting. He is a solid – b minus c plus across the board wow wow b minus c plus on drew mcintyre what is it about drew that like he is not amazing at anything but he's put in a spot where it's like he is supposed to be this all-time great champion and it's this great story and i'm like drew's not great at anything like there's not one thing that he is phenomenal at what is the one thing I, I think I don't know if he's phenomenal about anything because I think he is very good at a lot of things. Um, it's so tough to like stand out nowadays to me. Like, I, I don't know, like everything blends together so much for me that I was like, all right, yeah, this guy's a good promo. This guy's a good in-ring worker. But like who really, really stands out on that stuff? And I can name, I can name a few in certain aspects, but Drew is, is not one of those guys. I do think he has a certain look and a certain pres- uh, presence that not a lot of people have. Like even like when he was face to face with uh, Roman Reigns before Survivor Series, like he was he looked huge compared to Roman mm-hmm. and Roman looks like he towers over everybody. So he does have that look and presence that does make him stand out. Um, as far as like Drew's run goes, I think part of the problem is like the early part of the run. He was having good matches. Like I like the Ziggler match, even though we knew Ziggler wasn't going to win. I like the Lashley match. I really like the Seth Rollins match, but all these, none of those guys were like credible challengers. It's just like, we're just going to feed you guys where we know what the outcome's going to be and you don't have a lot of reason to be invested. And so if you're not getting me invested like immediately off of your, your title win, it's tough to pull back from that. They did it with the Orton feud, I thought, going into SummerSlam. And then that feud lasted five months and it's like, I don't care about this anymore. And they pulled the trigger at the wrong time and then they switched it back. And the stuff now, it's kind of like the same thing. It's like, all right, there's Sheamus who has lost a bunch of matches. There's Keith Lee who like lost some matches and, and stuff. And he's been he's been lessened. Like I don't fully blame Drew. You're by the way, you're not the first person who said this. My co- my uh, co-host Joe Holbert, he said the same thing. He's like, there's just something with Drew that just like isn't clicking somewhere, and I don't know what it is. And I think so he needs it to seems be a like- little bit more Scottish, or or have he ruled <laughs> out um, adding a sword to his entrance. <laughs> Uh, they're trying man like they're really trying with drew i i i truly think the the problem isn't necessarily drew the problem is like they don't have anybody who just feels credible with him like we're gonna get this keith lee match on monday and like it's probably gonna be a good match and stuff but i'm just like what have y'all done with keith lee since y'all called him up at SummerSlam? he beat randy orton and like that's just forgotten everything else has just been mindless midless matches Like Sheamus, I like the story between Sheamus and Drew, but Sheamus has been like nobody who's just lost a bunch of matches and stuff like that. That's been the issue, I think. Fair, fair, but he's also Irish. I do Scottish and uh, Irish have beef. I don't know. I don't understand any of this. Like it, (laughs) but also 
I just, I think I'm always immediately out when WWE does this, when I guess Vince 100% does this, where they lean into the, this person is from this country. And that is their, that is their character is they are from this country. And I, I think that's part of it with Drew for me is that like the chosen one stuff was really kind of a better look for him because I think that would have added more, added more to his character. It's just being like the Vince perfect the perfect vince guy you know what i mean like that is a more enticing character of like drew being a heel of just being like vince just showing him off and being like this is my idea of what a world champion in in professional wrestling looks like and also you could have even done it where it's like keith lee doesn't have the look and sheamus doesn't have the look and drew does like i think that would probably more interesting to me is if he leaned so much more into the chosen one stuff of like I am exactly what a what Vince wants. Like I think that would just be far more interesting than um what he's doing right now, which is I'll fight anybody. And brother, let's have a pint after we go to war. <laughs> like there is I wrote down in my notes on Raw this week. Um do you know how many times they said the word physical in that opening promo? I did not keep track. No. <laughs> Four times. That is a purely Vince thing is they it wasn't organic. It wasn't normal. And I'm like, they keep saying physical. We're going to have I know it's going to be physical. Like, you know, Vince wants to like hype up the here's three big guys. It's going to be a physical fight. Fans want physical. And it's like this stuff is just so dumb. Like it it, it just as you can see, I'm very out on all of it. This is this is the another problem with like promos is I don't feel like anybody in WWE outside of like reigns right now and because reigns doesn't like have to follow this script uh, kevin owens is really good too and i don't even think the material they give kevin owens is good he's just his delivery and demeanor and conviction is so fantastic right but a lot of people like they're just they got to use those buzzwords and they just got to you know follow what they've been told and stuff and it none of it comes off real organic like if you listen to uh or watch talking smack like those feel like like real people having real conversations and, and saying real words like everything else uh the television stuff is just that it's just basically like all right let's you know follow this line by line let's use all the catchphrases and the buzzwords and stuff and then that's it and i can't get excited for any of that that's why the rain stuff and the the kevin owens stuff like really stands out because it feels like there's actually something real behind it well it's also like AEW does a good job of this of doing the shivani stuff and doing those backstage stuff and like integrating it into the show um if you i don't understand why the company does like he doesn't incorporate talking smack in the raw talk to their main show like how is the ricochet segment not highlighted extensively on raw like he had the promo of his life and yeah i don't they it just doesn't matter like nothing on those shows actually matter to the um the main product i don't understand why they don't blend those together i i have no idea but i completely completely agree because uh somebody asked us on our show like what is one thing you'd like to see more in 2021, like the future and stuff. And and that's kind of what I said is like, I would like to see that stuff like integrate. And Renee Young 
pushed for this as well, especially when SmackDown moved to Fox. She's like, why don't we have like the booth like up there, like the po- um, the the stand up there, like they do in like you know basketball games stuff. Yeah. All right, here's the halftime show. Let's go to the guys. They're live in the arena. Bring people on and stuff like that, or post show. Like that's what she wanted to do, like during the show. And of course, they didn't do anything with it. But I would love to see more of that. Like oh, somebody wins or loses, and they go backstage and they have like the real sports element. I, I say this all the time: is like I would love more real sports element to WWE because they could easily do it. They try, they try to fake do it with their oh, we have a brand split and we have a draft, and you know oh, there's there's these trades that you can make, and like none of it makes sense. The rule well, because Vince has none never of watched sports. Like that is something he has not spent any time doing. Like he doesn't have time and we know he doesn't. He just, he knows the words. That's, he is a buzzword guy. He's like, I know what the draft is. I know what the word is. I don't actually know how it all works, but I know the word. (laughs) Exactly. Like I I completely, I completely agree with that. But like, that is one thing I would like to see more of is like, you can do this real sports kind of like, why isn't there like a free agency period? Why isn't there like a trade deadline? And you have like, I don't need these authority figure general managers on the shows and stuff, but like, why, why don't we have that kind of stuff? If people keep losing matches, they should be traded. You should want them off of the roster. Well, I think this is something where they're going against the, the tide here, right? Where new Japan's already doing this ring of honor is pivoting back to this. AEW obviously does it better than anybody else, but like, that's where we're headed. Like that's where pro wrestling is going. And it seems like Vince is just like, slowly drowning in the the just this way old way of doing it where it's like that's not what fans want anymore and that's not where wrestling is going and you might as well bend to what you're given it's kind of like the nfl college football thing where the nfl they're uh under the snap significantly less quarterbacks run the spread in college and the spread is permeated into the nfl well you're seeing that in pro wrestling where it's like if you bring in ricochet you bring in alistair black you bring in a lot of these guys um they spent so many years doing it this way why would you not just make it more feasible for them to thrive in your environment by adapting to the wrestlers that you are signing why would you not slowly change to actually fit your personnel and they don't do that the biggest indictment on vince is not bending to his personnel right where he just has this idea he's like okay got ricochet no you're not doing anything we got mustafa ali we got these guys he's like no i have my vision and that's what i'm sticking to i'm not just like going to (laughs) a lot like i'm not going to kind of let it be in a situation where okay let's look at this guy individually what are you good at what are you not how do i make you a star how do i make this work for you no it's like no you either figure out how to survive in my world or you're dropped and pushed aside like that is not a good thing to do but it's just who he's always been and that's seems like that's just what they're always going to do right i mean there's no real creativity yeah with a lot of this stuff and it's it's so it's so 50 50 stuff like i i don't watch main event but i do the results for main event Last week, Reckoning beat Nikki Cross. This week, Nikki Cross beat Reckoning. It's like that on across every single show. It's just people just are are losers or 50-50 to death. And so no one gets over. And like that that doesn't help anybody because they just run the same matches back over and over again. Like Raw for a stretch. And it, I thought Raw was like fine this week. And maybe I'm grading on a curve because I, I judge Raw harsher than every other show because it's typically just like really bad. So like a good episode of Raw is probably like a bad episode of SmackDown. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but like I thought Raw was fine this week for for a stretch of like three months or so. It was like the same thing every single week. Like like the Apollo Cruz and Hurt Business stuff. Like Apollo Cruz was just facing the Hurt Business for like five months. It was just the same match every single every single week. And it's like this is this sucks. Like who could possibly watch this and get like invested in it? But they do it because it's like all right, you get a win, I get a win. Instead of just like they have enhancement guys. Like why can't Apollo Cruz just go out there and just beat these enhancement guys? They're they're so talent rich, and they don't maximize all that talent that they have. Like you would not know that like Drew Gulak is one of the best wrestlers in the world. Cause he's just, he's not portrayed like that at all. Like he, he had that stretch with Brian at the beginning of the year. And then after that, like it, it just completely fell off for him. And now he's just like a 24 seven title guy. And like, he's an enhancement guy. Fine. But like, is that the best use of Drew Gulak who could literally go out there and crush it with anybody in like a 10 minute match? No, which brings us to elias and jackson Riker. you excited about that oh god no 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 you know what's like where i was like really depressed where i was just like you know this was something i wrote down when i was watching elias versus jeff hardy in that really boring guitar match or what was it what was the what was the match (laughs) the symphony of destruction that's what it was yes um (laughs) that was just atrocious and elias is just not very good like they're not doing like he is so useless without a crowd like he is he has anyone been hurt more by a lack of crowd than elias oh i I don't know but he's also just a tag team guy and that was something i was thinking about where i'm like this guy is just not a single star he's not a singles guy he is someone that needs a partner and i think if you find the right partner for him you could you could do something with him like the Robert Roode thing where it's like I had never really liked him as the top guy in NXT. But do I like him as a tag team guy and beer money and like him and Ziggler still have great matches? Like, yeah, that I like that a lot more. Um, I think that's where Elias is. It's just I think he needs to find the right partner. And then Riker comes out and I'm like, God, not not what I was asking for. But OK, that that's definitely not the right partner for her, for for anybody, honestly. Um I like Elias as like a performer, as a wrestler. I, I haven't seen like enough. Like he seems fine as like a general wrestler. Um, yeah, he's been hurt really bad by the live crowd though, because he he could actually like generate heat, and you can call it cheap heat if you want, but like he could like actually generate yes. some good heat uh, with with his segments and stuff. So he's he's certainly been hurt by that. I don't mind Elias. Like, could you push other people? Sure, but. This is kind of where WWE is at, is they like the the entertainer aspect of things. And this is why a guy like Drew Gulak or Ali or Ricochet, like they're just not going to be positioned how I think guys like me and you would like them positioned because they can't quote unquote cut a promo, even though Ali is like one of the best promos they have. They just right. don't allow him to cut a promo. Um, but yeah, they like Elias. I think Elias is fine for, for their world, but he's just another guy that just like loses and stuff and mm-hmm. i'm just like why why do i care about this guy that's how it feels with everybody on this roster it seems like um how would you like to jackson see Riker could just return, go away i have no use for him wait say that again i said jackson Riker could just go away i have no use for him yeah and that probably will end up happening anyway um how would you like to see seth rollins return because we know he got scrapped this week it seems like for another week of um vacation um and honestly with the way next week stacking up i would rather than do that anyway um would you drop all the messiah stuff because i think with smackdown they've got to be very careful here where 
they do like Daniel Bryan's awesome. Love Daniel Bryan. If they do Reigns, Daniel Bryan at WrestleMania next year, that that will be a banger. But I um, and that's also my Royal Rumble pick. I think they're going to go with Bryan. Um, I I don't know. I just I would like to see him return as a babyface. I think you need to kind of go back, and I would be okay with they drop the Messiah stuff because I think SmackDown really needs some babyfaces to sink their teeth into, and Raw has none. Um, I, I just checked my notes here. Yeah, zero baby faces to sink <laughs> your teeth into. Because the best thing about Raw is the hurt business. Like they are the best part of yes. that show, and um, what makes it like they're just they're great. Um, sm- say it again. I was say who does SmackDown have on the heel side outside of Reigns though? But I'm saying Reigns is the show. Like I don't I don't think Seth Rollins can be a top. Like I don't think there's room on that show for two top heels. I think that in that part of the reason they pulled Sullivan like this dominant monster heel and they're like we can't have both of these guys but um kevin owens to me like that's just like poor like thinking and planning of like because i understand like the the lars soul or i heard the lars soul and things like oh we can't have another dominant heel like why yeah why can't you have another dominant heel like figure that out like what does AEW have brian cage and lance archer yeah like they they had cage that archer uh and they had brody like they were building all these guys up all at the same time and like people thought it was like too much but like i'd rather have too much of of someone that people are invested of than none right and like i don't think lars sullivan is the right guy mind you but like if you want to push this guy taking him off television is not the way to push him like just figure out a way with that like i think rollins i, I think he should be a heel because i i like the baby face side on smackdown i think owens and brian as your two top baby, baby faces are like it doesn't get much better than that, especially for the position that they want to put them in. And you have Big E as well. Like, I think he is a bona fide top baby face. So I think Rollins is someone you need. I would actually like to see a Rollins and Big E feud because I think Big E needs like a big established victory uh, to go along with this IC title victory. And like beating Seth Rollins is a, is a it doesn't get much stronger than that in the, in the uh, world of WWE. That's fair. That's fair. Um, what do you ultimately guess? Do you think he will come back as a heel? I think he will because I just don't see. I mean, I get why you'd want to, why he could be back as a baby face because they'll just be like, oh, he's Becky Lynch's husband and they had a kid and so cheer. But like, there's no, there's no live crowd. So it's not like the people are just going to cheer for him because they, they, they mix the audio. They can pipe in the boos if they want him to be booed. I would rather him be uh, still the heel, still, I don't know about the Messiah thing. Like on paper, that seemed good. But they lost the plot with that very early. And AOP getting hurt didn't help. I don't even think like the, the pandemic helped him at all. But like he's a leader with like no followers, and that doesn't exactly work. So if he's gonna come back as a heel, I would like to see him like get some actual followers who, who can like do some of the dirty work for him. And I don't I think like Corbin and and uh, the Forgotten Sons wouldn't be bad in that role because they're they're clearly lesser than Rollins, but they're good fodder for for Rollins for other heels or for other baby faces to beat up, and then like you get to Seth Rollins. That's fair. That's fair. Um, let's do some year award stuff. Like let's bounce around. Like when you're thinking about a year in review, who all your- my awards are wacky. I'm gonna let you know that right now. Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> um your least 
favorite wrestler to watch in 2020? Um, it's it's probably just a, a guy like that. I just don't have any use for like personally more than professionally. So somebody like a Riker or whatever, I don't mind watching like any of these guys perform. I think for the most part, like all of them are good, but if like, I don't like them because of their character off screen, I'm not going to like their, their character on screen. I did not have Riker on my list. Um, the answer, and it's been the answer for the last, I think 10 years now. Um, Natalia. Oh, Natalia's my best friend. Don't don't bury her. She follows me on Twitter. Like her as a person. <laughs> um, she seems great. Um, just an all-time terrible promo, terrible wrestler. Like one of the worst and always getting in the spot. Like I am it pains me. It pains me to say this, Jeremy, but there's been some Natalia on my screen this year. Can't do it. Can't, can't I do it. I get it. Like I, I get it. She is th- that's like the joke is like Natalia's just gonna have a position. And she's just always going to be featured in, in some way. Like I, I totally get that. Um, I, I don't have, I don't have any beef with Natalia. I think she, like, she's fine. I could they push other people? Sure, they like Natalia. Whatever. I've gotten so detached from a lot of the on-screen stuff that, like, I don't even think about anything like that. Of like, oh yeah, this person's pushed too much or whatever. Because I, I just don't have that type of investment with that anymore that's fair that's fair it sounds healthier to me um it it is it is your favorite wrestler to watch because i guarantee you we're going to be different on this on this front um probably probably brian still like i i really love brian or moxley like one Mm. of those I really love Mo- like Moxley. I think Moxley's my personal wrestler of the year. Like I loved everything he did this year. I think that's fair. Moxley's like the obvious one where like you want to just overthink it where I, I mean, I was fortunate enough to be at the, I think the best AEW show to this point, the Atlanta show where Cody um, won at the end and was bleeding and everything. And I was there for his post show. Um, and I was backstage at that show. Like it was, that was still my favorite pro wrestling night of my life. And that show was just incredible. Darby coming out. And, no, it's just awesome. Um, there are so many guys I could pick from AEW that I just very much enjoy, um, watching. But I was thinking about like who is just the wrestler that I just always enjoy watching, like in ring. Like we're doing specifically just in ring. It's, it's so strange, but he is so fun to watch like i love watching this person wrestle it's tj perkins tjp you said this to me last time i know i was he's still you, like you're a big he's doing TJP great stuff fan. with chris bay and Rohit, <laughs> and i'm like i love it i'm all in i watch every match i cannot help myself i mean more power to you tjp is another guy where i'm not a fan of like his off-screen character right and so i'm saying screen, completely just in, in the ring i cannot look away like he is my favorite person to watch in the ring outside of will osprey will osprey is probably the second guy there where i just i have to watch everything they do because it is so much fun and i very much enjoy it moxley is like just character wise the most fun but um i don't know his in-ring stuff can still be hit or miss um for me just based on what i like fair enough fair enough kingston I, deserves some love too because eddie kingston promos are my favorite in pro wrestling. oh big we're, we're big eddie kingston fans over love me some on eddie the, kingston our podcast yeah joseph is i think he might be the biggest eddie kingston fan out there yes he's, he's awesome. tremendous is there a way 
to make a uh, <laughs> Raw watchable and your least favorite show to watch? Is there any chance that it's not your least favorite show to watch in 2020? <sighs> If they could shorten it, that it'd totally make it watchable. Like I, I think they could do a good two hour show. It's the three yeah. hours that is like the the problem with me. It's just it's a long, long show. Like pay per views don't even last until eleven anymore. Like these shows last until eleven. Everything else lasts until ten. And so like that's very nice. I guess AEW will go to like midnight, but at least it's Saturday. Um Can they not yeah, just it, do NXT for an hour from eight to nine and then do Raw nine to eleven? Can they not just do that? I mean, they probably could. They if USA wants three could. hours of <laughs> pro wrestling, just give them something like that or just do 205 Live for the first day. I don't know. Just short and raw, but like you can plug in something else. I don't know if they want 205 Live because ain't nobody watching that show. <laughs> Nobody's watching Raw anyway. <laughs> <laughs> it should be like just 205 Live from like 10 to 11. Like, here you go. Here's That's... just like some wrestling matches. Watch it. <laughs> right. The Raw drop off. Yeah, we should probably flip it. Just do Raw 8 to 10 and do um, 205 Live uh, 10 to 11. Why not just do there, that? There you go. I wish. They they won't do. They, there's no way they do anything like that. USA just likes it at three hours and that's what it's going to be. Yeah, just it, it seems fruitless to complain about it. Um, your 2021 breakout stars will be who? Um, I don't know if they can be like considered breakout stars is, is the thing, because I feel like a lot of them already broke out in 2020. And like I follow some of the independent stuff, but I don't follow like a ton of it, I mainly just follow like result. I mean, independent wrestling is taking a hit this year because a lot of that stuff just hasn't been able to run. Um, like, is Jonathan Gresham a breakout star? He's been around forever. Like, mm. I don't know if I consider him like a breakout star or anything. I think it would. I think he would. Because I don't know if the general wrestling public know about him. He could be around right. for a long time, but I don't think a lot of like nxt i don't know like raw and smackdown viewers um are familiar with his work would be my guess right so like i i think that's Jonathan a good Gresham is gonna have a, a big year like if you're talking like guys who might be able to break out like in wwe or something i mean they're clearly setting up like raquel gonzalez for a big year uh i i, I would like to see them do more like dakota kai i think she should she could have a big year on like the main roster if they ever decided to move her up uh but like Otherwise, they just kind of position these people how they're positioned. And I don't know if anybody's going to like fully break out because it's just it changes every single week on what they want to do. Yeah, I um, I would probably pick Kyler Riley as they have. Just See, as- like, like Kyler Riley's a, a it's he's somebody I wouldn't think of as like a breakout because he's just been in NXT. But he's the been in his group time. and he's always been the other guy. Like they yeah. have a real opportunity to establish him as his own top guy status. Like he has his like he has a big opportunity in 2021 to be the top babyface on on NXT. Like I think they could 100% do that and him be awesome and just put on these amazing matches at takeovers and just let him be a fucking badass nxt champ for a long period of time like that's what i would do i think he has an opportunity so when i say breakout just kind of like breakout individually like where even if they're a veteran or anything like that where you could see 2021 just being a great year for them and i think kyle okay. is positioned to have his moment and if they do it right that that's fair I, all right so using that uh kind of basis i i hope 
it's Xavier Woods because mm. I think he's so much better than a tag team guy. And he's great as a tag team guy. But I think he can have like a great singles run. And I know he wants to win King of the Ring really bad. I hope they bring it back just so he wins it. Um, but I, I think Xavier Woods, if they let him be like a, a singles guy, could could be a tremendous, tremendous singles guy because he's fantastic everywhere. Don't think that one's going to happen. I see. I don't think so either. But th- this is what like I hope something like that would happen. Yeah. Um. There's not a lot of other thirty guys that really stand out. I think Pack is probably going to have a great year in 2021 for AEW. I wouldn't be surprised if he's pushed pretty strongly. Um, and has a. Pretty- I think Kenta is going to have a good year in New Japan. I feel like yeah. they were setting him up for a big year this year because like you don't close the Tokyo Dome attacking NATO taking away that moment if you're not getting set up for a big year and then the pandemic happened and he was stuck in the u.s for a while and it just kind of went to shit what about slapjack no i don't think any of those guys are gonna have (laughs) a breakout year unfortunately i think all those guys are really talented i just like they they are who they are um to put a bow on this pro wrestling wrap up jeremy um i love thinking about the the future and where they go with certain things kenny omega will lose the AEW title to who in 2021 um hmm i think he's gonna keep it for a while i feel like he's gonna lose it to eddie edwards <laughs> no i don't think it's gonna be eddie edwards uh i think it's gonna be hangman i think hangman beats oh omega. wow yeah is it heel hangman or is it babyface hangman? I think it's babyface because hangman. I mean, because Omega's a heel right now. Yes. Like he's one hundred percent a heel. Hangman's like in that tweener position, mm. and I kind of think like Dark Order like babyfaces now, and especially with with everything with with Brody passing, like it's gonna be tough to view Dark Order as like these are the bad people right now. And are we like sure the BTE keeps going. Too. By the way, do what? Are we sure? The Dark Order just continues being a thing? I don't know. I feel like it will in some capacity. Like, John Silver said, like, he doesn't want there to be another exalted one. And I completely agree yes. with that. But, like, I think they'll continue to be, like, some type of group just to, if anything, to, to like, honor his memory. Um, but they, they need some type of, like, leadership guy. And, like, Hangman could be that. And you can still do, like, a lot of comedy and whatnot with them while also getting serious. John Silver is, like, a breakout star. That He has been fantastic this year in many different ways. And I think he's in uh, he's in line for even more uh, this upcoming year or in 2021. I was th- – I think Paige is a really good pick. And I was thinking about who – I don't know because it's not going to be Kingston. It's not going to be, like – jungle boy it's not gonna be archer i i don't know i don't think there's an obvious one it's not gonna be mjf like i part of me really wants to say miro part of me thinks that miro is going to be pushed significantly in 2021 and it's going to take a long time for him to take a pin and i would not be surprised in them seeing money in front of a crowd of miro versus omega like i would not be surprised if that's something they end up deciding to go down um late in 2021 so he's like my dark horse pick i don't hate the page pick i also wouldn't be surprised if they just put it back on mox like yeah 
I wouldn't be surprised if they let when the fans are back, they give him his moment to get revenge on Omega. I, I could totally see that. Like Moxley, for all he did for AEW in 2020, it'd be nice if he got a run in front of like fans because his run in front of fans lasted like two weeks. Yeah. And seeing his overness in person was just bonkers. Like him, Darby, Cody. I, there's just nothing like being in an AEW show in person when the arena is just hot. Like it's, it, there's just so much energy. And I, I'm sure NXT takeovers have been like, have you, have you been to a takeover in person? I've not been to a takeover. Have no. you been to an AEW event in person? Yes. I was okay. at a uh, full gear, not this year, but last year. Yeah. It's just like a different energy. Like it's, it's just fun. And I think that's uh, actually what pro wrestling should be fun. Um, yeah. The, the AEW events are like, I said that when uh, the crowd stopped happening is I thought it was going to hurt them more because their crowd is such a big part of the show. Like, I think it's hurt Cody matches. I think Cody's had like a great year in ring. I think it would have been even better if the fans were there because they are so invested in Cody as a person, as a character that it, it leads uh, more to his work. Um, but yeah, the AEW crowds are are just fantastic. And I look forward to when fans are back and those crowds can be lively again absolutely absolutely jeremy what can uh what can we check out from you this week and uh heading into 2021 on fightful oh my god uh fightful.com i'm there every single day running the offense over at fightful mm. uh, i've if you go to youtube.com slash fightful I, I do three shows a week at least three shows a week sometimes more the main show is the distraction thursdays 3 p.m eastern live um not today but typical is when we do it and we're launching a twitch twitch.tv slash fightful gaming we're going to be doing some video game stuff and a bunch of other stuff on this twitch so a lot of big things ahead in in 2021 i'm i'm looking forward to 2021 i feel like it's going to be a good year personally awesome awesome well i hope that for you as well my friend jeremy we will pod more in the new year um stay safe out there and happy new year my friend Happy New Year to you as well, and stay safe. And I cannot wait to see what you got in store for 2021 as well, Chase. Nicely done, nephew. Chase Thomas Podcast. Hell yeah. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime.